Hello there, it's Jamila Jamel. Take a deep breath. Let your breath out slowly to the count of six. One, two, three, four, five, six. Do you feel better? Well, on my podcast, I Way, this month we'll be exploring ways to tackle mental health and feel better with guests like Simon Sinek from The Optimism Company, therapist Vienna Farron, comedian Neil Brennan, and many more. Listen to I Way wherever you get your podcasts. This episode of Are You Talking R.E.M. Remy is brought to you by Lisa. Lisa is an innovative direct-to-consumer online mattress brand that is also socially conscious, a lot like the band R.E.M. In fact, for every 10 mattresses Lisa sells, they donate one to a shelter through their 110 program. Not to mention, Adam, not uh, to mention. Uh, don't mention it. With a pa- I will mention it. I have to. Please it's don't. here in the Please copy. Don't. With a patented universal adaptive feel, trademarked, in case you were thinking of stealing it, Adam, Lisa is designed for all types of sleepers, and now Lisa has expanded its offerings to include the Lisa pillow, blanket, foundation, and frame. Try a Lisa mattress in your own home for 100 nights risk-free. Available in the U.S., U.K., Canada, and Germany online with free shipping. This 100% American-made mattress ships American. American! Ships compressed in a box right to your door. Or try it at the Lisa Dream Gallery in Soho, New York City, in Virginia Beach, and over 80 West Elm stores nationwide. For Memorial Day, get $160 off when you go to leesa.com slash REM. That's lisa.com slash REM. Chronic to Collapse, Town and Into Now, that is, respectively, this is Are You Talking R.E.M. Re-Me, the comprehensive and encyclopedic compendium of all things R.E.M. This is good rock and roll uh, music. Welcome back. Welcome, welcome back. Welcome back, everybody. Welcome back. Welcome back. What a back it is, too, because we are back in action, much like those Looney Tunes. Oh, yeah. Remember them? Oh, yeah. Who are your favorite Looney Tunes? Who's the looniest of tunes? First of all, who are, who are your favorites, and who is the looniest of the tunes? Like, who's legitimately, certifiably crazy? I liked Scratchy <laughs> and uh, Boogerface. Mm-hmm. And I, I, Boogerface, like those classic ones from the yeah. 30s, those are really good. Yeah. Um, and I liked, uh, Stringer. Stringer. Oh my God. Uh, Stringer Bell. Stringer Bell. (laughs) Great. Um, welcome to the show. Um, this is our, uh, are are you talking R.E.M. Remy? And, um, we have an interesting show today. We have a lot to cover. Before we go into another album, um, uh, the next album in the discography is up of R.E.M., uh, Adam and I thought we would uh, slow it down a little bit and uh, get into some, just talk about the band. I mean, uh, just to tell you what's coming up, we're going to go through, uh, we're going to talk about the band. We're going to talk about the band, um, people who know the band. Mm-hmm. We're going to talk about other human beings that are not the band. Mm-hmm. So out of all the seven, how many human beings are there? Human In the hum- world? Human beings. There's, there's either seven billion or there's 70 billion. 
Well, I think it's somewhere in between. It's like 17 billion 17 times billion. two. 34 billion? 34 billion people. <laughs> um, so out of all of those people, we've devoted a lot of time talking about these four. These four guys. Just these four. I mean, there's so many other people. Wait, which four guys? Um, all right, who do we got? The, the, and this is part of what we do is we we talk about the bands, and this is the comprehensive and encyclopedia compendium of all, uh, just all the information about the band, and that includes the members. We have um, we have Stripe. Oh, the guy. The names of the guys in the band uh, REM. REM. Yeah, okay. we have Stripe. We have Michael. Um, Michael Stipe. We have Stripe. We have uh, 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 Peter Dollar Bill. Peter we have, Buck. Uh, uh, I'm just translating. Uh, Mike Myers. Mike Mills. Gro- feeling Groovy Baby. Mm-hmm. And we have um, Boo Berry. Bill Berry. Got mm-hmm. it. Yes. Four uh, guys. Four, four guys. Up to this point, four guys. Now, the last album we went through, song by song, was New Adventures in Hi-Fi. 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 Yes. So so we've been talking about those guys, so, so I want to hype what we're doing before we get into it. So we're going to talk about some other people who are not these four guys, and then we're going to talk about uh, the dissolution of the of um, the classic four member band before we get into their next record. And uh, we're also going to go through their fan club singles, which we have not been discussing um, yeah. from the from 1988 until 1998. We're the uh, up till up till where we are now. Every Christmas, REM uh, would release a fan club single. They would go in and record a song just for Going the fan where? club. Uh, to the studio. You're not being specific Recording enough. studio. Thank you. Uh, and it was great. Every Christmas you would, re- you would get they'd a been 45. Out, they'd been outside up till that point. Yeah, and then they they'd would. They'd been, been snowed on and rained on. They would And they're either, like, let's go in. Meet someone there or open it up themselves. I'm sure they had a set of Someone keys. might have given them a set of keys, yeah. I don't know who had the keys. Uh, maybe all four of them. Maybe there's one keeper of the key, like the key master, as they like, say in hey, Ghostbusters. Uh, hey, Stripes, you're the key master today. Can I r- come by? i got to grab the key. I need to go record some vocal bits some or vox. whatever it may be. Yeah, of course. Okay. So they would go in, they would record songs, and they'd send them to everyone in the fan you club. You would get a 45 record with two songs You'd get 45 on it. records, which no, is no, an amazing no, a gift. 45. It's a small record. I don't know what you're talking and about. And it would come in a really big cardboard envelope with not only the record, but you would get stickers, mm. a holiday card. It was a generous, too. Uh, a generous uh, package you get every year, and, and uh, it was only 10 bucks a year to be in the— uh, mm-hmm. So it's not, it's or not maybe free. it was ten bucks just to join, and then you were just a. Member. Maybe you're just in it forever. I don't think you had to re up because ten dollars a year for a forty-five is kind of pricey. <laughs> I think it was. Me. I think it was ten dollars to join, and then you're just a member. Then you're just for in. Life. That sounds great. But really we're cool. we're going to be talking about it a little later. But but we are going to be okay. I'll shut up about it then. I guess. Please, huh? thank you. We're we're going to be going through track by track of their non Christmas songs um, from all those singles from the uh, period that we have discussed up till now. Um, but before we get to all that, I, uh, I there's some things that uh, we want to talk about. I want to. But go. also also just t- taking shit. no, we're taking a, a bit of a break here because this is we're. The- on a break! This is the end of an era, the Bill Berry era, and we're about to launch into the second, it's almost the second half of their career. I mean, they were together as a trio for almost as long as they were as a uh, quartet, if you will. And now, and they've been separate as just four human beings in that pool of 17 
billion plus seventeen yep. billion for uh, a good period of time as well. How long there, uh, Scott? I don't give a shit. Okay. <laughs> 2011, they disbanded. 2011? Okay, so yeah. seven years. So, yeah. That's Almost little... seven years. Okay. You're you're Mr. Details today. Well, I'm just... Mr. Deets. Listen, we're on the record. <laughs> that is true. We were sworn in before we started this we're show. We're both under oath. <laughs> and it's a federal crime to lie to the FBI Absolutely. about this. Rudy I don't know. Giuliani might walk in here at any moment. I don't know why we're, we're attached to lie detectors. It's just the way we do things around here. Yeah, I guess so. Um, before we get to all that, and that's coming up a little later in the show, uh, there's some things I want to do uh, before that. Oh, also. Just kidding. <laughs> um, I want to go to the old mailbag. Oh, open up the old REM mailbag. How's that sound? We get, uh, we get letters occasionally, and uh, this is one that I thought you would enjoy, which is why I'm all right. reading from it now. Uh, this is from Dave. Williamson, I believe. Um, he just signs the letter Dave, parentheses, a fan. Hmm. But then uh, being the uh, sleuth that I am, I went to the envelope, and he puts his last name, Williamson, on You're the— Just a regular Sherlock Holmes over <laughs> here. Sherlock Homeboy. Oh. Uh, Sherlock Homey. How about that? Okay. Well, let's settle on you a know compromise. What we should do? Sherlock we should Homey. update the Sherlock Holmes franchise, mm-hmm. but update it and give it sort of maybe an urban feel. Mm, I really like what no. you're talking about now. Sherlock Homey. Do you mm-hmm. know what I mean by I guess that? I know what you mean. Okay. So, like my original joke? Yeah, but update it even more. So it's <laughs> By like, shortening it to so Homey. So it's like 45 seconds fresher. Okay, great. Um, Dave Williamson from Athens, Georgia. Writes oh, to cool. us. Enjoy the podcast. Adam mentioned Wuxtree on episode one, and cheap bastard that I am, sending you a dollar beer cozy to keep your beverages cold. Continued success to you. Here is a Wuxtree Records oh, that's awesome. beer cozy as well as a sticker. You can take one of them. There you go. Take the red one. You'll take the red one. I get the black one. Um, and what I could not figure out from the note is whether he works there or whether he went in there and just got it. And sent it to us. Well, he said he's a cheap bastard, so maybe he either stole them or he does work there and he gets them for free. If you're going to steal something, steal something more expensive. Like, you can't be a cheap bastard stealing things. (laughs) Like, you know, go for the expensive stuff and steal it and then send send it to us. send us a piece of, what is this material that they make beer cozies out of? I don't know. What do you think this is? Metal. I really don't think it's metal. Steel? <laughs> I don't think it's... Aluminum. I No, I actually think that it's more like some sort of plastic or vinyl or something My friend like that. Stu Zickerman got me a uh, Wuxtree Records t-shirt once. Tell me about Stu. Stu's a great guy, and we were shooting a movie in Atlanta, Georgia, and he took a weekend trip into Athens, hmm. and he knew what a big fan of REM I was, and I didn't have... Uh, time to go into that uh, on that little jaunt. Why is that? Is that because you uh, were lazy or because you had such a big part that you... My family was with me there in Atlanta so I couldn't just bail to Athens for I mean, the weekend. You could. With Stu. <laughs> um, I could. You're right. I hey guys. could. I physically could. Me and Stu, we're going on the road together. Thanks for coming to Athens It's going to be super me. fun. Uh, so he got me a t-shirt, which is really nice. That's nice. Do you still have it? I do somewhere. It was kind of one of those, like, uh, not the most comfortable materials. Right, and not the most flattering fit, perhaps? Or Maybe. 
But uh, but thanks to Stu for love, that. Love the T-shirt. I, st- I do have it. Mm-hmm. It's okay. great. All right. Very good. Um, and thanks to uh, Dave, parentheses, a fan for that. Um, if, you, if you write Dave to Williams, us. Thank Dave Williams. Thank you. Dave Williamson. Son. Dave Williams' son. You interrupted me, so I hadn't finished saying his <laughs> I'm name. Sorry, I'm sorry. Do you want to continue with anything else? No. Was, okay, fine. you're good. Um, Thank you, Dave. I want to ask you, Adam. Williamson. I want to ask you uh, a follow-up to last week's episode or, the, or the, the week that we were doing New Adventures in Hi-Fi. Yeah. Um, did you listen to my track listings? Yes. And what do you think? I Give think it's the a, reviews. D- a disaster, just like I said. <laughs> When we recorded the, uh, what did the you what, 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 tell me about? It. I hate it. Uh, I think the album is perfectly fine as is. It needed- perfectly fine. Yeah. Oh, the reviews are glowing. It, perfectly no. fine. Two and a half stars. No, no. I, I, it, there's no augmentation needed for that album. It's a classic. Mm-hmm. And the the songs you took off, uh, Undertow is a great song. Um, what was the other one you took off? Uh, I took off four, I believe. I, t- I definitely took off that kind of country, not country, but uh, bluesy one towards the end. Oh, Low Desert. Low Desert. No, you, you leave Low Desert. It's New Adventures in Hi-Fi. You leave it alone. It's a classic album. Look, th- here's why. Why would you rearrange? It's I'll like rearranging why. Abbey Road. No, I'll tell or you why. How about the White Album? There are imperfect songs all over that thing. I'll, t- I'll, t- I'll tell you, I'll tell you why I did it. I'll tell you why I did it. Because of the imperfection. Here's why I did it. Did you ever see the movie RoboCop? Yes, I did. Okay. Peter Weller, he's a cop in it, right? Yeah. He's a great cop. Great Great cop. Great. He's one of the best cops. Let me just take a minute. Sorry, is this an episode of I Love Films? I think it may be. Hey, everyone. This is um, I Love Films. This is Scott. And this is Scott. And... We're just a couple of guys. Look, not to brag, but we love films. Now, listen, I'm not one to brag. I'm not one to boast, but I'm intercontinental when I drink French toast. <laughs> you certainly are, Adam. And uh, that's a uh, that's drink not... French toast. You can't drink French toast. I don't know. I think you could whip it up in a blender and and uh, chug it down. That would be interesting. Uh, but what I'm trying to say is, I love films. I love films. The and you know what? The more classic the film, the better. Oh God, you said it. Listen. And I don't know about you. I can only speak for myself, but I think Go I ahead, might speak know for you. No, I'm, I give you Okay, permission. I'm speaking for both of us. We're not talking about movies <laughs> or <laughs> flicks. <laughs> We're not talking about something you go down to the drive-in. Oh, like, yeah, can I have oh, my popcorn, please? Yeah, please, please, ma'am, may I have my popcorn? Oh, Popcorn please, mistress, please, please give uh, me my I want my popcorn. No, enough of that. We bring trail mix to these films. Yes, we bring gross broccoli. We bring raw broccoli and we fart. (laughs) We love films. See you next time. Bye. (laughs) (laughs) Ah, that tickled us. Good app. Good app. Um, oh god! But uh, okay, so Peter Weller, he's a he's a great cop. Great cop, <laughs> the greatest cop. Wait, why did on we the end the episode and then start talking about a movie? Because again? look, because it's a movie. Okay. That's why. Right, you're right. Um, but he gets the sh- the shit shot out of him. Yeah, he sure does. He gets you know? 
Completely. He's he's on life support. He's not going to survive unless they augment him. They put all the the chrome and the bells metal and on whistles. Him. All the bells and whistles, and that's all I wanted to do. I wanted to turn Peter Weller, aka New Adventures in Hi Fi, into RoboCop. It's still a disaster. Plus, it's, you put Revolution on there, which is like, well. I told you you could sub in the other one, and did you? And that's the track list. So fast, so numb. Which just the fact that you eat. What'd even you say? Tempor- so fast, so numb. So fast, so numb. <laughs> so fast, so numb. So fast, so numb. So fast, so numb. So fast, so numb. Spicy people, Ariam, come to our country and sing so fast, so numb. The fact that you even temporarily took the best song on the album, the off best of the song. Album. So fast, so numb is an epic it's the one at the pre I, look i know you relate to it because it describes your lovemaking style <laughs> <laughs> the pre-release kind of outdoor thing at tower records that's the song everyone applauded for okay that song played and everyone was like holy shit this is like who who just who was just playing on the loudspeakers there was that uh Derek and the know. dominoes oh god <laughs> no i it's okay. a great, great song. So anyway, you, I think so that, I put that back I, on instead of we, we have not we have not released th- that episode yet. I'd be interested in what the listeners uh, have to th- have to uh, say about it. No, you took off Undertow, you took off Low Blech. Desert, and but then you also took off. Uh, was it? No, you didn't. You didn't take off um, Departure, did you? I think. I oh did. no, you changed Leave to the to electronic the, to the cool version. No, to to the not seven minute version. It's seven minutes because it's an epic. <laughs> oh God! <laughs> it was. I. It's. It's. It just doesn't. It's infuriating. Infuriating. This is. See. This is what I'm dealing with. It is. It's their sort of white album. It's. The it's not their white album to, because it would have been two CDs if it was the white album. The like white I, album could fit on one CD. They just no. Did it that could for not. Effect. Sure, it could. No, Wilco's being there could certainly. Have you ever tried fitting the white album on one CD? Yeah. I've tried shoving it onto one CD. I put it all on one CD. The CD was like four feet long. (laughs) (laughs) Hold on. I'm going to look up the running time of Beatles' White Album. Okay. You do that. I'm going to look it up too. (laughs) This is like a (laughs) lookup competition. we get different results? (laughs) Okay. We have uh, a running time of 93 minutes and 35 seconds. Too long to fit on a CD. that's just because you would take Revolution 9 off of the White Album, right? Well, yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay, so it, did, it does fit on one CD if you take off that. I think, wait, let me, how long is Revolution 9? It it's is, really long. Uh, 8.22, still not enough. No. You'd have to take off something else. What did you take Wh- off? What's a CD? Is you, it? See, you, you said that you fit the White Album on one CD, which means you did exactly what I did, which is you took off songs. I, I did not do that nor attempt it. I was, I was. Uh, you were lying? I was lying. Why? Why do you? Oh, wait a second. Why do you have to lie to me? Wait a second. Well, I I thought it would be funny, but it sounded like I was true. It was something I really did. Uh, Weird lie too. Don't don't you think that the White Album? Like, if you lie about that, what else will you lie about? Anything, Scott. (laughs) Anything. What about like the White Album? It's, don't, wouldn't you say that its imperfections is, is yes, part of what makes it special? But it's a little bit longer than than, the than it 60, should be. Than, no, no, no. It's longer than than New Adventures in Hi-Fi, which oh, is 60, 63 minutes. It's like a half hour longer. I, I sort of compare it to Wilco's Being There, which could fit on one CD. It's a little bit longer than uh, New Adventures in yeah. Hi-Fi. But I think the songs on Wilco Being There are better. So you, you wouldn't change a thing about Being There? No, I love that record. Okay. 
But you have had 20 years to listen to being there mm-hmm. and, and kind of grow into the But album. I loved it from, from minute one. Like literally the first same 60 seconds, and, I was like, I love all of this album. Same with me and New Adventures in Hi-Fi. Okay, well, and it's I a think difference it's, of opinion. I, I don't know why you're infuriated because by you, it. Because you tried to take it apart and alter it and make it better, and it's something that d- should not be touched or altered in any way. I, th- I think, look, if you're going to go to an art museum, you want hands-on experiences. You know what I mean? Like you want to, you want to, uh, you want to touch the art, yeah, and change it. Yes. That all being said, I do have theories about Up and another one of the. See, albums. this is the this is the issue. I know, but you, you are going to do an alternate track listing for an upcoming album. So the very idea of me doing it should not offend you. The very idea of it does not offend me. The idea of you doing it to that album. <laughs> Uh, you are ludicrous. But, ma- but maybe it's because of the songs you took off and the fact that you put You don't like it. On. You don't like but it. You you like the idea. Can you just admit that the idea of doing it is fine? It's just you didn't like it. You the didn't idea like the of doing it is okay. I think that <laughs> I... All right, I'm getting you there. I think that my... I think that I just... Come over to my side, Only Adam. trust my taste uh, for this uh, particular... That's but that's album. what taste is. But I, but but can't you get into the spirit of how fun it is to like discuss something? No, like this? because for whatever reason, I was offended by it. <laughs> You're still offended by it, and I find it very funny. But <laughs> it is also similarly infuriating. Um, all right, I also want to bring up the song Electrolyte. Yeah. Okay, because he mentions a, a bunch of actors in there. Yeah, and I think a missed opportunity. He mentions Martin Sheen. Yeah, it should be Charlie Sheen. Shouldn't it? Yeah. Tiger Blood? Yeah, probably. Charlie winning. Sheen's. Hashtag winning. So awesome. And he was awesome then, too. It's like, it's not like he didn't exist oh, then. Oh, he was in his prime. Oh, man. He'd, he'd been in Platoon in 1986-ish or so? 1996 is when the album came out. What was he up to then? Ma- Major League Two, probably. What was Charlie Sheen doing in 1996? You want me that- to look it up? Can someone look up what Charlie Sheen was, was doing in 1996? Can you get that to me day by day as well? What's the Wi-Fi here? Bitcoin? <laughs> Why is, is Bitcoin in this building? Wait, Bitcoin is one of the Wi-Fi options that comes There's up? There's two Bitcoin Wi-Fi. Bitcoin? Who's, who's out there doing cryptocurrency in the building? Have you seen a Bitcoin ATM? Around? No. There's one in a what? liquor store. That dispenses Bitcoin? Aren't Bitcoin you now can, five grand or you something? You can buy Bitcoin at this ATM. You can put okay. cash into it. And one Bitcoin is 11 grand. It's eleven grand now. Eleven grand, and you can buy it at this liquor store. All right, we're getting some uh, information in. Chef Kevin is. uh, Oh, he's just giving you the the Wi-Fi password. (laughs) I thought he was. was. I thought he was looking up Charlie Sheen. He was making the arrival in nineteen ninety-six. What is the arrival? Uh, It's a movie. But just a movie. He was making it or it came out then? No, I think he was making it. That because he didn't have a film that came out that year. I'm guessing he was just making one. Um, so that's, uh, interesting stuff. All right. So Charlie Sheen, Martin Sheen. Okay. Yeah. He could have swapped those out. I wonder if when they play the song live, if he ever says Charlie Sheen. I bet he does. I bet he does. He winks to the audience like you get it. Yeah. Tiger blood. (laughs) Martin Sheen came over to my house recently. Really? Yeah. Oh, right. Because of the TV show. What? Because June. 
Oh, well, actually not because of that, strangely, oh. but uh, we were doing a uh, benefit for Legacies of War, ah. which is uh, a, uh, a an organization that my wife Kulop uh, works yes. with, which is all about uh, the bombs that are dropped uh, were dropped on Laos during the Secret War, yes. and he is involved in that uh, organization. And was he cool? He was very cool. He, like, came by, met everyone. He, he, like, came by, like, right at the end of the night to pick up his wife, I think, uh-huh. who who does a lot yeah. of work, and just, like, went around meeting people. That's and, awesome. Yeah, did great. it feel like Josiah Bartlett was there? It really did, in yeah. a way. I kind of wanted him to yell at me like he yelled at God in that uh, episode oh, yeah. about Mrs. Landingham. Put the put the cigarette out on the, yeah, on yeah. the floor. Ooh, that was I have a theory stuff. that uh, Martin Sheen is the best uh, living wait, wait, actor. Wait, wait, wait. Is this— is this an episode about sheen theories? I believe so. Hey everyone, welcome to Sheen Theories. This is Scott. And this is Scott. And we're just talking about our, our favorite sheen theories right now. One theory I have mm-hmm. is that uh, Martin Sheen is the greatest living actor. I have a theory. I have a sheen theory. Sure. I think he's the greatest dead actor. I think he's a ghost. That's been Sheen Theories. <laughs> we'll see you next time. Bye. Edgy, Great app. Edgy stuff, though. Yeah. <laughs> um, I uh, I wanted to bring up uh, this book. The uh, We haven't talked about it in a while. The REM book, uh, Talk About the Passion. I talked about it a lot Early on, and then listeners may notice that I that I dropped off, but I just wanted to say why. Because it's kind of crappy. Well, it, it, what's interesting about it to me was it, it it the the writer has access to all of the friends in the early days, right? And then that's all he has access to. I know. And then they get popular. <laughs> and then they get popular, and they don't speak to any of these people anymore. It's and, only music journalists and stuff. Yeah. Who, well, well, going from like document on, it's just people griping about like, well, they wouldn't talk to me anymore. I know. <laughs> I, know. I know. It's like, well, you know, if you're really going to do an oral history about the band, that's going to cover, and half of the book is about the later years, like. Talk to some of their friends from the later years. I know. Or just say that the book's about their early years. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, uh, I, I did want to mention that because I felt like uh, we talked about it in the early episodes yeah, so true. much, and then I just never brought it up again, so I wanted to bring the that Tony up. The Tony Fletcher book, though, is uh, is good for kind of a narrative. That's the guy who I, the writing style I find uh, very uh, obnoxious. Sure, but information-wise, sure. there's a lot of good stuff in there. But my favorite it's is— It's a lot like the Bible. Yes, Information like the information wise, in there is great. solid. Writing style. Eh, mm, I like the Song of Solomon. Shaky, to say the least. Uh, but I, my favorite is it Song crawled, of Solomon gets me it crawled, it crawled, it crawled, it crawled. Wait a minute. Is this an episode of It Crawled? I believe it is. Hey everyone, welcome to It Crawled. Hey. hey. This is Scott. This is Scott. And you were saying? It crawled. And you were also saying? It crawled. But then you told me it crawled. We'll see you next time. Bye. Um, yeah, the right uh, the song of Solomon gets me horny when they would talk oh, about yeah, it in yeah, church, yeah, yeah, like, yeah. and it's all about like getting all up in them guts. Oh yeah, you know, it's like, damn, son, mm. the Bible is fucking horrified. The Bible is fucking shit. <laughs> 
Um, what I was going to say is, yeah, the Tony that book, not the Tony Fletcher one, but oh. it crawled from the south. Mm. I think is the best of those. Is REM that the one books. you loaned me? I gave it to you, like you a gave hard it copy of yeah. it. Yeah, <laughs> it was very hard, by the way, as hard as me <laughs> listening to the, hard the Song copy. of Solomon in church. Um, um, I but that was just that was like an encyclopedia. Yes. Like you gave it to me, like, hey, read this book, and then I, I, I open it up expecting it was a story about the band from a different source, and all it is is like information. It's like. Here's a chapter of every song they've ever written. Here's a, you but know, it I mean? also ha- like it has a story about every song, where it was written, why it was written. I guess I didn't read it that much. Oh, it's great. You should you should check it out. No, no thanks. It's something you can like jump into it. Any, it's not. You're right. It's Pass. not a narrative. <laughs> <laughs> thanks for the gift, but no thanks. Okay. Um, okay. When we get back, we're gonna be. We need to go to a break. When we get back, we're gonna talk about the. Dissolution of the classic era of REM. Are you ready for this? Because this is uh, this is a very uh, meaningful subject to you. What you think? I'm going to get emotional talking. <laughs> You're about already like welling up <laughs> a little bit. I I can't quite tell if you have allergies or just the very thought. You know what? We should also. Anyway, yeah. Okay. Well, you want to tell me off air during the Maybe during so. the break? Maybe okay, that's great. a better idea. Then why don't we take a break? We are going to come back with more from REM. This is R. You talk at REM re me. We will be right back. everyone we want to tell you about a great uh, earwolf podcast one of the first ones that we ever uh, had on earwolf uh, one of our uh, super podcasts it's great. who charted i've been a guest on this you show. have yeah. you your episode is wonderful thank you scott <laughs> um on who charted comedian howard kramer one of the funniest dudes alive brings his funniest friends to discuss the top five songs and the top five movies of the week. Recently, he's been joined by Natasha Leggero as co-host, who you may know from shows like Another... P- Everyone knows who Everyone knows Natasha who Natasha is. Look, if you don't know who Natasha Leggero is, uh, you uh, may want to check your pulse. How about wake up and smell the coffee, okay? <laughs> coffee smells really good. You they really, talk about everything really from mumble rap to new country music. They debate, what is this? What Neil Young. No, but what else do they debate? They debate everything, don't they? It's like the Lincoln-Douglas debates over here, except oh they're, they're debating Neil Young versus Jimmy Buffett. <laughs> they also, I love those. Two. I love both of them. Yeah. They're both curmudgeons, um, and apparently they think movies are too loud. Um, plus, each episode, Howard, Natasha, and the guests also share their hot picks with listeners, things that they recommend over all the garbage on the charts. There you go. Recent guests include actor Ben Schwartz, comedians John Early and Kate Berlant, Earwolf's own Paul F. Tompkins. So, listen to Who Charted on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Up your butt. Welcome back. Are you talking to R.E.M. Remy? Right into the mic, sing it. <laughs> 
Oh man, I would love to sit around your Not house. Not have and- me do that anymore. <laughs> uh, welcome back. We're um, transitional episode for us. Yeah, about well, a transitional moment for the band. And you know what's crazy is that this is such a this heavily transitional. Uh, Era for the band. He leaves in 97. 98, they have a, they have a new, new record album as a trio. It is incredible. But before we get to that new album, which will be in um, one of our next episodes, we just kind of want to talk about uh, uh, everything that happened to the band because they put out new adventures in hi-fi. And we briefly touched on this in the hi-fi uh, yeah. thing that, that Bill Berry quit. But let's let's talk about uh, exactly what happened. So they, they – um, they are just about to put out New Adventures in Hi-Fi, and this is their final album in their Warner Brothers contract. Yeah. Okay, now, if you recall, in a previous episode— oh, wait, Previously on Are You Talking, R.E.M. Me? Is that the guy that does Lost? Yeah, I think it's the guy who does Lost. Okay, so that wasn't the clip that I was looking for, but um, in a previous episode— we uh, talked about how they jumped from IRS Records to Warner Brothers and they made like a giant deal um, where they got full creative control and they got uh, the rights reverted back to them after a period of years for the yeah. for the masters and all that kind of stuff. So they are at the end of their contract. This is the fifth record of five that they were to record for Warner Brothers Records. New Adventures was. New Adventures yeah. was. So they, um, as they're preparing to put this out... Uh, Warner Brothers Records comes to them and wants to lock up their services for another deal. Um, because I was reading in that one book that you sent me, um, there was there were a lot of changes at Warner Brothers Records where a yeah. lot of the people were getting fired and a lot, and the head of Warner Brothers Records was being asked to step down. Like the guy that they <laughs> went to Warner Brothers because of was getting yeah, pushed uh, out. Skip, I think his name was. Skip, Skip Henderson. <laughs> um, and so – Skip Intro – that's a comedy bang bang callback. Skip Stevenson. That's who I meant to say oh, from yes. uh, Real People. Mm-hmm. He was running Warner Brothers. Did you, uh, you used to? Uh, did you ever watch Real People? Oh yeah. Who was on that again? You Skip got, Stevenson. But who else? Uh, well, Peter Billingsley was on there. Sometimes. Right, right. What about who was the blonde woman? That was uh, Judy Hindora. Hindora, right? Yeah. Uh, I remember my my parents. We went to the beach once with some some uh, other couples that were friends of theirs from the church. Weird. And yeah, it was weird. It was a weird situation. Like, what what are we all going to go to the beach and like, take off half of our clothes? Yeah. Um, and you were the only child there with all these <laughs> church couples. <laughs> but they we saw a, a restroom, public restroom that had a sign. Uh, it was the women's restroom, and it had a sign on on it that said "No dogs allowed." And they thought it was so funny. Women, you know, women restroom, no dogs allowed. They took a picture of it and they were going to send it to real people and hope that they would, oh my they God. would get on the air. That's exactly the kind of thing. <laughs> they probably would have put it on the yeah, air. Yeah, they probably would have. I, I think my parents were never like great in the follow through sure. of that kind of thing. So I just remember getting the pictures developed months later yes. and seeing that one and going, oh, yeah, there it is. And yeah. I don't think they ever did anything with Throw it. Throw it in the garbage. Um, so all the people in Warner Brothers Records are leaving. They want to lock up REM because the future of Warner Brothers Records is kind of at stake at this point. Yeah. They they need their big acts to stay on the label. Yeah. And if 
Hariam is is uh, leaves for another record. They realize it's going to be a terrible, terrible PR move, yeah. and they also realize that Hariam being at the peak of their commercial period, they don't. New Adventures is not coming out yet. Monster didn't perform up to expectations, certainly, but it, it sold it's like nine, nine million. million yeah. You know, so it still is like you know. It was um, not seen as a it was disappointment. Not, no, but the 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 second or the uh, the first two singles performed really well, and then the third and fourth like disappeared. So yeah. uh, it didn't have legs, is what they're saying. So so they don't. So they they're like we're Warner Brothers apparently is is between a rock and a hard place because they say if the if the album does really well and REM leaves, we look dumb. And if the album does terribly and REM leaves, they blame it on Warner Brothers. Uh huh. And say, like, it did terrible because Warner Brothers is terrible now. So we need to lock them up no matter what. Yeah. So they offer them a contract that is reportedly how much, Adam? $80 million. $80 million. Would, they were courted by all the other record companies as well during this period. Yes, right? all the like, other. Well, well. Warner Brothers wanted to lock them up before the contract expired. This is like s- still several months before. Right, but during that period, all the uh, like DreamWorks was. I can imagine. I can imagine Jeffrey Kassenberg took him to a lunch. No, because Mo Austin, the guy they went to Warner Brothers for, went over to DreamWorks, right. and tried to get them. Right. So there were a lot of like, but they had contacts all over the world. All their Warner Brothers contact contacts lenses? all over the world. All their contact lens stores that they frequented all over the world. Um, <laughs> how's that mic coming for you? It's so hard. I got <laughs> well, it. I got it. I got it. I mean, basically because you want to put your legs up on the table, cradle your laptop Bro, in your actual lap. Th- I'm comf. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, is this an episode of Bro, I'm comf? I think so. Hey everyone, welcome to Bro, I'm Comp. This is Scott. And this is Scott. And bro, I have one question for you, and you gotta answer honestly, and you are hooked up to the lie detector. What you got, bro? You fucking comp? I'm comp. All right, we'll see you next time. Bye. Bye. Good app. Great stuff. Really short. And I think that um, the people who think we should take an editing uh, slicer to this, uh, the, are you talking R.E.M. Remy? They'll be very happy with that episode. Yeah. And it dilutes their point. <laughs> right? Exactly. <laughs> um, okay. So they signed this deal for $80 million. Biggest record deal, deal of all time. Of all time. $80 million for five more records, right? Yeah. Um, which, by the way, uh, does not sound like all that much money to me in retrospect yeah, for for being uh, superstars. You know what I mean? It's like if like Jim Carrey made that much off like four movies, but at the time that was like two hundred million dollars. Nineteen ninety six. It was in nineteen ninety six dollars. It's eighty million. In twenty eighteen dollars, it's two hundred million dollars. Yeah. But but it sounds like what they're worth to me. But it sounded. Yeah. And also, by the way, part of it I read is that they are getting more points on the records that sold really well. Yeah, they're getting a better deal on past records. On past records that already are in the black. Like they were in the ultimate bargaining position. They were the biggest band. They're like, in the you're world. not only are you going to pay us a lot of money for our future records, but yeah. you're going to pay us more money for the ones we already put out. That's right. So they're getting paid what they're worth, yes. essentially. Yeah. 
You know, because record companies are, it's just such a shady business. Yes. They just squeeze everyone for like, the, you know, they, I, I read that they're getting like probably $3 a CD yeah. for $13 CDs. They've been fucking people over for like a century before this right. deal was made. Meaning the band gets $3 and the record company gets 10 Right. You know, it's just ridiculous what yeah. they do. So, so for my money, REM is getting paid, but when it comes out in the press, reportedly at, at, at $80 million, yeah, the public, uh, how did you feel? I mean, I, it didn't really have an effect on me, but how did you feel when you heard it? I mean, just as a fan, I thought it was cool that they were getting that kind of deal, mm-hmm. and it was a cool band, and they deserved it. Also, I don't the know. other part of it is, is like when Jim Carrey got $20 million a movie, he's one guy. Yeah. Like, they got to split it four ways. And that's, I mean, really chump change, Scott. Honestly, you try living on $20 million. Exactly. It's hard. Oh, God. It's hard. If I hadn't made an extra 20, I I don't know what I would do. I mean, it's almost like you need an extra 20 just to pay for the 20 you already have. Exactly. And just for walking around money also, by the way. And that's before Uncle Sam comes. Oh. God. Uncle Sam here. Uh, here, do you just I'm take, knocking. Take the shirt off my back too, why don't you? Oh, uh, no thanks. I'm already wearing my Uncle Sam costume. Oh, God. Have no need for a shirt. Bye. Uncle Sam is such a weird voice and way of walking. Doesn't talk the way that you would expect, like a grizzled old man, no, patriotic man from the south are... to talk. He's very light on his feet, yeah. though. Um. So, but it turned off a lot of people. Did it? I don't know. Do you think that stuff matters? I don't know. Apparently, uh, I mean, in the two books I've read about it, it turned off a lot of people. I mean, I think that news like that coming out, if you're in a band like REM, you probably don't want news like that coming out. It just makes you look like a big rich. rich And they've always said it wasn't totally accurate anyway. It is very weird that people want want their, their artists and entertainers to be poor. (laughs) <laughs> like they want they especially nowadays they also yeah. don't like like they nowadays you want to download all of their music for free yeah and you want them to be really poor otherwise you don't respect them i guess i i, I how, think how rich do you think a person should be i think like a popular artist a popular artist should be getting at least minimum wage <laughs> at the very least at the very least yeah at the very most in, in whatever state they live in at the very most, I think they should be getting, let's say, $100 every couple of weeks, right? <laughs> so Just wait. to cover expenses. <laughs> wait, wait. So minimum wage. Minimum wage. For a 40-hour work week? For a 40-hour. They should have time cards. They should punch in, punch, <laughs> punch in. Minimum wage. Minimum wage all the way up to $100 every couple of weeks. But you know what? If they really mean it, if they really love what they do, they would do it for minimum they wage. They would do it for minimum wage yeah. if they really loved it. Uh, but it is, but isn't it weird like how everyone just wants everyone to be broke? Yeah, and I think when when a when a an article like that comes out, it just it's kind of gross and I think you're right, like maybe the public is like, "Uh, fuck them." Also, like, why Jesus. does That's the other thing that I don't know about. Why does anyone care about the business of art these days. You know what yeah. I mean? Like how much money a movie makes or how much money an actor makes or how much money R.E.M. gets for their records. It's yeah. like, because is it part of the fantasy of like, oh, I'm going to be in a band one day and get an $80 million record contract? Yeah. I, yes. I don't I mean, know. are you seriously? I'm seriously oh, yeah, I, I think so. I think it, whenever it was that boss, box office numbers became B.O. Like, 
yeah, B-O, Bafo B-O. Bafo B-O became like a, you know, something that was on the front page of the entertainment section. When was that? Like the mid eighties or something I, that I all that stuff was, started? Yeah. Maybe the late eighties, maybe, maybe Star started, Wars made all that. I don't know. Maybe. Yeah. Um, or, but, it, but now it's reported on like the local news and everything. Yeah. Like who gives a shit? I guess so. You know, I like the like. I the, always thought it was interesting. But, well, yeah, you're in the business. Yeah, but like regular like Joe six pack asshole. Yeah, <laughs> he has a six that pack guy. on his asshole. Is what I'm trying to say. Like he's ripped. Six pack asshole. <laughs> he's got a six pack of assholes. By the he's got six assholes in his butt. Um, a lot of assholes. Yeah. Anyway, so $80 million contract. And what I th- thought was interesting about it was um, there were about three of these that happened around the same time. R.E.M., Aerosmith, and Madonna. And all and I think all three of them didn't uh, work out the way that the record company. <laughs> really? Like their records didn't sell as like well? They, 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 they made these incredible deals yeah. right at the peak of their – right at the apex. Yeah. And then – Aerosmith, Madonna, and I think REM never sold the way that they, when they ever Madonna's would again. When did Madonna? I think it it was like after, might have been after Ray of Light or after Music uh-huh. or something. She made like this insane deal for it was like a three sixty deal of touring and all this yeah, kind of yeah, stuff. Yeah. It's pro- they look record companies have recouped on all of these deals. They all and they end up recouping, and it's also. Some, getting a band like REM, it's they whether they lose money or not, it's it's also a loss attracts, leader exactly. And it attracts other acts and yeah. You so know. Well, let's not cry for Mo Austin and uh, yeah. Let's their don't ilk. cry for me, Argentina. You know what I mean? Go ahead, just sing that song. I know you you asked me if I could lead you into that, so go ahead. Yeah, sorry, I I wasn't uh, I wasn't the most skillful. Uh, That's okay. There. Yeah, I tried. But you know what? Ahead. I'll do it. I'll do it in a bit. You're gonna do it in a bit. Yeah. Okay. I'll do great. It in a bit. Just surprise me. Okay. Um, so $80 million contract, which gets signed before New Adventures in Hi-Fi comes out. That's right. They announce it at a party with like a fake telegram or something that, yeah. they, that the yeah. head of the record company says. And people at the record company are crying. Right. They're <laughs> because so, it's like saving the record It's company. saving the record and saving yeah. their jobs, I guess, yeah. you know. Um, cut to now. Of course, record companies. There are no more record companies. <laughs> <laughs> but, hey, glad those guys were happy when it happened. Yeah. Um, also, some other big changes in the lives of uh, Hariam before we get to the departure of Bill Berry, but um, their longtime manager, Jefferson Holt, is fired by the band. Yep. Um, and interesting reading about it from these two different sources. Uh, it's shrouded in mystery. Yeah. Um, the Los Angeles, t- uh, you know, ostensibly uh, the band is partly it's because – the supposedly Jefferson Holt lost interest in the management duties around the time of Monster, but also the Los Angeles Times reports that there were some sexual harassment uh, right. things happening where he was harassing someone who worked at the tiny Athens office of R.E.M. Right. And what's interesting about both of these books is they were written – a while ago, yeah, like pre the Me Too movement, yeah, where we yeah. all got a little more tuned into like how uncool it is for a boss to even yeah. like, and some people are like, it was a consensual relationship, right. <laughs> you know? It's like, well, it wasn't really a consensual relationship, yeah. Um, and then Peter uh, Buck had that weird quote about like, we're a, we we all lead moral lives, and I can look myself in the mirror, yeah, which was an interesting quote. So yeah, I th- I, yeah, never quite got what 
what that was all about. But it was certainly a big change. I mean, Jefferson Holt was a huge part of. He's in their videos. They reference yeah, him in songs. Totally, and he was partially responsible, certainly for their success up to that point and mm-hmm. their aesthetic and just sort of the way they were presented to the not as much the aesthetic but the way they were presented to the world which was really a smart way of mm-hmm. unfolding a band and, a very integral part of yeah. early rem and they gave him a nice severance package uh, uh, apparently uh, but peter buck also quoted as saying they wanted to fire him before the big new 80 million dollar contract ah. uh because they didn't want him to share in that contract oh really mm-hmm. oh well so hey i guess that's a smart way of doing it i guess so no, have you ever fired a manager <laughs> uh i don't know what do you think Wait, what would you think? Do you th- what do you think? Do you think I've ever fired a manager? Do I think you're with your first manager when you right. first moved to LA? That's no, I don't. Okay. <laughs> How about you, Scott? I have. I've done it. Uh, I've done it once. A manager. I've. I've fired. I've. I've left uh, my agent, and that yeah. was a very easy call uh-huh. uh, to make because he under he understood why because he didn't really have a. I was moving into more of a screenwriting, and he didn't have a lit department. He was like, I get it. Okay, I understand what that you're makes doing. sense. And then my manager, my very first manager, I fired, and that was a very difficult call. Yeah. Um, and we're still friends, and but it was like, and he got it. He was totally. He was cool. on the phone. It was on the phone. I couldn't even do it in person. I did mine in per- my first one in in person. I should. Is- I probably should have done it in person, but at the same time, he had initiated the the initial call on the phone, yeah. and he says he was so. I don't hard know to- if doing it in person that's actually kind of worse for. Is it? Yeah. No, no. It's it's all. No, my first manager is a great guy. He actually is like a Game of Thrones executive producer now, oh. and he's like Reese Witherspoon's manager and oh, stuff. Well, he's like, I was his first client. There is no way he should be my manager. Oh, <laughs> like his well. business is totally, totally different. Well, then than what he's I doing do. great. He's doing great, um, but it's a it's a hard call to make. Sure is. And you know who apparently it was hardest on was Bill Barry. They say. Oh, that when, that when he Jefferson was, yeah, pulled, that, yeah. That that when they fired him, that it was not something that he was uh, he took too well. Apparently, yeah. according to these sources, we don't know. This yeah, is I mean, this is a, a group of people that have been been together for fifteen years at this point, or even longer. Well, this is eighty-one. So this yeah, is we're 96. talking yeah, yeah, fifteen years. So, and Mr. So Dietz I, over here goes yeah. to Washington. <laughs> I think. Uh, I think, uh, yeah, it was probably hard for everybody. Probably a hard thing to do, but necessary for them to move on. Another person that is now out of the fold, Scott Litt, their producer, ever since uh, Document or Green? Yeah, Document. Document. Right. Their final album with him. uh, New Adventures Adventures is their final album with him. And as I was reading about it, apparently he was saying during New Adventures, he was kind of in and out. A little bit mentally, and he was saying like he hoped that was the last record he ever produced. Oh, because he was starting a record. He was starting a record company because he wanted to do what Jimmy Iovine had done with like Interscope. Right, right. And he wanted to start his own record company, which would make him hugely rich. Right. Now the record company that he started was um, Outpost Recordings, which had Veruca Salt's second record, (laughs) not the popular one, and two records by The Crystal Method. And then it was, and then that was it. I think it was around for a couple of years. Those uh, were the two biggest records they had, I believe. Wasn't it just? It was a. It was a. 
it was part of a bigger record company. Probably because it? it was a tinier record. You know, yeah. it was like Interscope that it started tiny and they wanted it to be oh, I see. Okay. huge, but okay. I don't think that it ever got there. And honestly, I look up Scott Litt, he hasn't been up to anything. I bet, yeah. Since then. Like, yeah. like, they, like literally since 2000, I can't tell what he's been up to. Oh, weird. I know I he know. was involved in the anniversary of Automatic, like, So they're probably still on good terms. Seemed like it. Yeah. He was like in the in the studio with Mike Mills for an interview or something. So it seems like. So yeah, they're they're still on good terms, but yeah. I think they they parted ways with him not for creative acrimonious reasons, yeah. but or creative reasons even. But he just wanted to become a businessman. I think. Yeah. But I one, what's he up to, Scott? If you're listening, and who knows, he may be. He should come on the show. Is what he Scott should do. Scott and Scott. Oh my God, that would be amazing. Triple Scott. Triple Scott effect. Um, he did such incredible work. With uh, Hariam. Hariam, it would be great to talk to him. Sure would. And Pat McCarthy then becomes their producer for a while. Pat McCarthy, who worked on Radiohead Records, I he believe. He did some U2 stuff, and then he was an engineer for, with R.E.M. for a while, mm-hmm. and then just kind of stepped up to producer for mm-hmm. Up. Man, can you imagine that call? Yeah. We're, we're calling you up to the majors, the kid. The big leagues. The big league chew. Yeah, get that weight on the end of the bat. Yeah. Take a couple swings. Get that donut on. And then, yeah. <laughs> then huh. crack of the bat, ground rule double, my friend. Oh. <sighs> uh, put me in, coach. I'm ready to play. Today. Today. Put me in, coach. Do you like that song? Yeah. You love that. Your eyes lit up. I like that song a lot. You like that song a lot. Yeah. Can I? This is something else I want to ask you about. We talked in a previous. It's, it, I, I can get sick of that song. You get, sure, yeah. but I, I like it. Yeah, I don't own it, but but maybe I'll go buy Does it for a dollar twenty. Anything these days? They're just vibrations. You yeah. know what I mean? Songs are just vibrations. How, vibrations how, how do you floating. own the air? Exactly. See, this so is what people, I've been trying to say yes. for the last like. 10, 15 seconds. When people try to sell you music, it's like, uh, what, are you going to sell me this cloud next? Exactly. You're going to sell me the hair on your head? Because I'm not interested. I Really? Because I'd like to sell you the hair on my I'll head. I'll buy it. <laughs> but this is what I want to ask you. In one of the previous, I think the last episode, yeah. we talked about how you don't like any other band other than R.E.M. or That's U2. That's so not true. Well, you said it. No, I, I didn't. I said, do you like any other band in the same way that you like oh, E2 R.E.M. where you got all their B-sides and you know this much about them? There, there, there Radiohead was that You way said for, for a, a while. Vampire Weekend, mm-hmm. I would say I'm like a big fan. Do you have all the B-sides and everything? Yes. Yeah, okay. Yeah, oh, yeah, interesting. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. I think they're great. What? Okay, this is the challenge I wanted to ask you about. Sure. Because I was thinking about this the other day. Yeah. Could you compile your top 10 albums of the 21st century? Is that something yeah. that you think you could do? I could do that. Okay. I could do it too. Okay. Do you want to do that for next step? We could do it for the next step or we could do it for a, a future app down the line or oh, something like that. Oh, like that's that. a full app right there. Maybe. Yeah. Okay. But I think that would be fun. I wonder, to- I, yeah. I wondered if you could do it just like if you had connection to music from the 2000s. Because I don't listen to anything I don't else. know your life! <laughs> <laughs> yes, I could definitely do that. Okay. I, I think it would be fun. I think yeah. it would be fun to do. Yeah. Because people get sick of us talking about these antiquated dinosaurs. <laughs> oh god, it's so depressing that that the band that these bands are antiquated. That this is like cuz they're so they're still I think listening to them, they're still like rock and roll music hasn't progressed so much. You know how when you listen to a song from the 1950s, it's like it's so fucking basic. And you know how if you even listen to hip hop that's 5 years old, yes. It's like, oh, that sound where everyone's going, "Hey, 
hey, hey, in the back, you know, like like uh, on Iggy Azalea's Fancy, yes. how that was in vogue for a while. Like certain sounds are like, you know how trap beats are popular now, but a year from now, everyone will be like, oh, all those, yes. like the, Migo, sounds the Migos dated, style like will sound dated. So, but rock music itself, like you can listen to uh, OK Computer and it's not that different than rock music now, as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. Some was, of the bleeps and bloops are are a little more sophisticated, but just in general, the actual style of how songs are put together has not progressed like it did from 1950 to 1960. Yeah, yeah. A basic song structure <laughs> is very similar. God, to the why way do it was. I fucking bother? <laughs> well, I mean, that was a as far as banal observations go. Uh, that was banal. Um. But yeah, I mean, I think that uh, I was looking for this one. What do you do? You're on your phone and checking your computer, no. and you have the temerity to say my observation is banal because you're not even listening no, to it. No, I was looking for a particular song that I was going to ask you about. Oh, that's fun. And see if you liked Ice oh. Age. Do you, do you get the, you hear oh, that I don't new know album? That is. No, here. Why, it's you really want to play some? good. Here. Oh, wait, let me give you this. Oh, I here. can't plug it into this fucking phone. No, I got this. Oh, yeah, here you go. All right, Ice Age is the band, is that right? Yeah. I <laughs> gotcha. I wasn't on mic for that, but uh, you just did the thing. Did that the you old always do. ox cord pull? Scotty ox cord is what they call me. All right, this is the band Ice Age. What's the album called? Is it also it's called Ice called Age? Uh, Beyond List? It just came out actually. Oh wow! Adam's teaching me about new music. Pretty boring so far, yeah, but hey. I think this uh, first song takes a minute. They're from Iceland. Huh. I like the guitars. Waiting for the for whomever to start singing. One for the money, two for the show. Three See, the song ready. structure hasn't changed. <laughs> I like it. It's good, right? Yeah, yeah. You guys are good. Will you uh, turn down? Will you uh, buy that for me, Daddy? Yeah, sure. Thank you, Daddy. You're welcome, sweetheart. <laughs> um, okay, so, so I am fully engaged again. I was looking okay. for that. Um, I like it. I like it. So uh, that's gonna be a that's gonna be a good uh, a good episode down the line. Um, so uh, meanwhile, uh, while in the wake of New Adventures in Hi-Fi, let's, yeah. there's a couple of things to cover. Uh, Michael Stripe is out there uh, making the film Velvet Goldmine. Oh yeah, producing that. Um, woo! Uh, did you like that film? Yeah, yeah, it was good. I walked out after approximately oh, 25 yes. minutes. <laughs> I saw it on TV a long time later. Oh, okay. Uh, for some reason, I loved the soundtrack, and I went and saw it and just couldn't get into the storytelling yeah. of it. But yeah. uh, but it, interesting that he became a film producer around this time. And then uh, Peter Dollar Bill is working with uh, a band, uh, Tuatara. Is that how you pronounce it? I oh, wonder? yeah, Tuatara. Um, and produced one of my, uh, not one of my favorite records of all time, but one of my favorite records that year, uh, Mark Eitzel's West. Oh, yeah, that's a good album. That's a really great, in fact, I want to play a little bit of that if, uh, you don't mind, because I, that is such a, he, uh, Mark Eitzel, of course, is the lead singer and songwriter of American Music Club, and then he went solo in the mid-90s and, uh, put out a great record 
right before this one. Uh, yeah, he's had some good albums. He's really, really good. But um, I can't remember what that one was called, but that's one of my favorites. And then um, this is uh, a little bit of... Yeah, really this good. is a good album. It's really good. I made Paul F. Tompkins a Mark Eitzel mixtape once, and I really hyped him up. I was like, oh, I think he's like the modern-day Dean Martin, I think is how I how I described him. You know, singing about booze and about, yeah. you know, uh, you know, like sort of pub crawling and stuff like that. Yeah. And I made him a mixtape, and I never heard back <laughs> of what he thought. I was like, well, he must have hated that. He had another record that I – Really loved. Maybe it's the next, the one after the next. There was another one. Was it uh, the covers record, or was it the Invisible no. Man, or we're caught in a trap and we can't? Is music for courage and confidence covers? Uh, yes, yes, it is. It is. No, yes. it wasn't that one. Um, but that's a great record. Um, the one right before the the something what? What was it called? Something what? That's a great record. I love that one. But it's not on iTunes. Looks like that he sucks. has a new record uh, here. No thanks. Or like uh, last. Not year. interested. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> He's great though. I love him. Um, so that's what uh, Peter Dollar Bill is working on, and um, so this is all what they were doing. This is all, yeah. Records. And then yeah. Peter Dollar Bill goes on a tour with Mark Eitzel and uh, the some of the members of Tuatara. Mm-hmm. I hope I'm pronouncing that right. Barrett um, Martin was he one of the Tuatara guys? He may have been. I, that's no. not ringing a bell, but. Um, I also don't memorize names. Yeah, me neither. Um, so then they decide to reconvene, and they're like, all right, here we go. Let's yeah. put out our next album. Peter Dollar Bill had been writing a lot of demos. I think he mentioned 80 demos or something yeah. like this, or 40. Yeah. Uh, he has a lot of songs that he's really excited about. Apparently, he is writing songs with a lot of drum loops and mm-hmm. atmospheric sounds that – were a little more like his work with Tuatara, which is like very um, influenced by other cultures yeah. and have drum loops. So he's writing a lot of a lot stuff. Of electronic based stuff. Exactly. He's yeah. writing a lot of stuff that basically the rhythm section is kind of cut out of. <laughs> and Stripe gets it and he's like, oh, wow, this sounds really cool. This sounds like my favorite recent Hariam songs, which are the more experimental ones. Yeah. Um, so I think I can work with this. So they all decide to gather in Seattle. Mm-hmm. And by the way, are you impressed by how much I'm retaining of all of this knowledge? I'm not looking yeah. down at notes or anything. It's weird. <laughs> and I, I think because I but literally don't they get together in Hawaii. They get together in Hawaii, but the but the, uh, the the meeting that I'm talking about is Seattle, where they're all going to have they're they're going to work on the record. Yeah, and they have um they're going to have a band meeting the next day, and Mike Myers calls up. Uh, Peter Dollar Bill, and he says, by the way, uh, Boo Berry, the man himself, is going to say something tomorrow that you're not going to want to hear. And I just want to warn you about it, but tomorrow Bill's going to say something you don't want to hear. He didn't say exactly what, but he gave Peter Buck a heads up. Wait, is this after Hawaii? 
I think it's after Hawaii. Okay, because yeah. in, Hawaii, in Hawaii, Bill Barry's not into it. They can tell he's they're like all distant. They're working on. They're working. Demos. They're working on it, but Bill Barry's sort of distant, and he's like not really into it. But they're yeah. And and Peter Buck goes up to him and is like, "Hey, man, everything okay?" He's getting a divorce. That's another yeah. part of it. Uh, he's like, "Do you want to maybe see a therapist or yeah. see a marriage counselor or something like that?" And Bill Barry's like, "No, I'm not interested." Um, so he's s- blue. He's just not. He's blue. There. He's blueberry. <laughs> So he's not loving it. The other he's guys not are like, like – It's not a McDonald's situation where he's da-da-da-da-da. loving it. Yeah. So they go to Seattle and um, Bill Barry had told his oldest friend, Mike Mills, that he was going to leave the band, uh, gave him a heads up. And then Mike Mills called Peter Buck to say, hey, just a heads up. Something's gonna going down uh-huh. tomorrow. I'd never heard that uh, before. It's in, it's in this book. That you gave me. Oh, wow. Um, and uh, read it sometime. <laughs> I did. <laughs> or read one book in your goddamn life. I know. I really should. Song of Solomon. It'll fucking get you so hard. <laughs> um, so they go in for a band meeting, and Bill Berry says at the top, Hey, guys. I quit. Yeah. The end. Yeah. It sounds like it was uh, not – the greatest uh, meeting in, in the world. Is that, oh, no. was you, that a direct quote? Yeah. Hey, guys, and I the quit. he used? The end. Yep. That was a per, pitch perfect impersonation. And then he walked out and they <laughs> never <laughs> He's like, again. check out my ass as I walk out the door. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, so, no, he, he quits the band. He says, guys, I really am not into it. I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm a farmer now. I get up at the crack, the ass crack of dawn, and I go to bed when the sun goes down. These are not rock and roll hours. Yeah. Um, I Rock and roll hours, you know what those are? Tell me. 24 hours yes, a day, Scott. That's right. It never stops. A lot like Squarespace's uh, 24-7 <laughs> customer support that awards. wins awards. <laughs> Um, They'll be thrilled because he had had a farm. I remember in the old. Mc- wait, you're thinking of old McDonald? Oh wait, no, Bill Berry. What is Bill Berry? Bill Berry eventually had a old McDonald had his farm. He had a farm. Yeah, 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 sure. For years, yeah. Bill Berry had, I think, recently got because I remember in Automatic for the People days, he talked about being on his farm or something. So I think he had been spending more and more time there and really. Not been into touring, especially, not, and, yeah. and he had the aneurysm. He's the guy who wanted to tour, by the way, for Monster. He's like, "Oh, I'm itching to get back out there and yeah. play rock and roll." Then he gets out there, has an aneurysm right away. That's got to fuck with someone's head, literally. Yeah, apparently that uh, changed thing, changed some priorities. I mean, who? Know? And look, I'm just speculating. This has not been reported. It's not been confirmed. Sure, I think the aneurysm maybe turned off the pleasure centers in his brain. <laughs> To where he is that possible? He doesn't enjoy things anymore. Oh my god, <laughs> that's just except me. except farming. except farming. Like that's the one little synapse in his brain that still mm-hmm. enjoys things. No, he's he's just not into. He apparently as as he's quoted as saying like all I could think about. I can't just record an album for six weeks and then leave it alone. Like I got to think about like I I have anxiety about the recording and then I think about the touring and I just like all I yeah. can think about is how how much of a bummer it all is. Yeah, and even recording an album requires a ton of traveling because because they're band, doing it in Hawaii. Yeah. Like, look, guys, why why do it in all these different states? Do, yeah. do it on his farm. We get it. You're all you're all rich. rich. <laughs> Eighty million dollars. We get it. Um. But so, but so he goes to them and he says, but I don't want to quit. I don't want to quit if you guys are going to break up. 
Yeah, if you're going to break one up, condition. I will stay I will in the stay. band. I will stay yeah. in the band. Now, Peter Buck says, this son of a bitch, he quit at the perfect time to make us stay together. Because he says if he would have quit at the end of the Monster Tour, they would have said, you know what, let's just break up. Yeah. If he would have quit when New Adventures in Hi-Fi had come out, they would have said, that's our last record. We're very proud of it. Yeah. Although we think maybe you could change the track listing a little bit later. <laughs> Put Revolution on there, even though it's a couple years old. By the way, and I read this in the book, it was written around the time but recorded sooner. Recorded more around the hi-fi days. No, it was recorded for Monster. It was actually on it was the a, end. It was a Monster – never mind. Anyway, so – but he says – Peter Buck says, but the fact that I had written these 40 or 80 demos yeah. or whatever, he's like, I'm itching to record these demos. And they were all in Hawaii really excited mm-hmm. by uh, by the d- new direction and these kind of like right. more electronic sounds. And they were so excited to get it done that they're like, this guy gamed me out perfectly. Yeah. He figured out exactly when to quit the band to make us stay together. Yeah. This guy, you know how we're all playing checkers? This guy is playing three-dimensional chess. Three-dimensional, much like Donald Trump and his (laughs) political moves. You can't even say. (laughs) Three-dimensional chess. So, and and look, they had just, by the way, I read read an interesting quote from Mike Myers, who just, I think, a month or two earlier had said something in the press about, like, no, if any one of us quits, it's the end of our They said that a, a lot. In the years <laughs> preceding one of them right. leaving. And then one of them leaves, and they're liars. Yeah. Well, plus the one of them, I forget which one, said, plus we just got this contract. Yeah. <laughs> like, we're, this is the perfect time to still be in a band. That is the crazy thing, to sign this huge deal and then six months later quit. But can I bring up something? And who knows if this is right. Like, the, when I realized, when I put two and two together and realized that they had gotten points on the earlier records— Oh, yeah. Like, why not quit? Yeah. <laughs> it's like, Smart. It's like, look, who knows what's going to happen for the next 15 years. I'll just quit now. I got, the, I got yeah. you know, several million dollars coming in from my early Maybe records. he's a genius. He's, yeah, I think he must be. Um, but I remember hearing about the news. That the Huey Lewis in the news? Yeah. Uh, I guess it was like 1983. Wait a minute. Is this an episode of Huey talking Huey to E me? Yes. Hey everyone, welcome to Huey Talking Huey Tooey Me. This is Scott. This is Scott. We're just talking about Huey Lewis in the news. Huey Lewis and the news. And the news. And uh, one of our favorites. Great uh, band. Sports. Uh, How about Hip to Be Square, Scott? Uh, Four. You know what I mean? Look, (laughs) I, I feel like this is too big of a topic. We should go into it later. I believe I, I think this deserves its own its, its own actual episode because yeah let's call it for now and do a real episode about him. Okay, thanks. Bye. To be continued. Good app. Yeah, great app. What were they as talking a, about? As a teaser, it's yeah. it really hooked me. I feel like there could be something there. Could be something there. So you when you read the news? Yes, I I, re, I remember reading the news. It was in the L.A. Times. And it said the headline was losing their percussion. <laughs> which LA th- Times, you're crazy for this. I then saw that headline all over the place, wherever it was reported. It was yeah. like the 
the best pun by of the way, year. By the way, did it did it have any other information to hook you into reading this? Like, or was it literally just losing their percussion? And you're like, why would I read an article about? <laughs> well, I remember it said that, and then it had a picture of them. Oh, it had a picture of them, and, that's and it what said REM drummer Bill Berry quits. And I was like, and REM drummer Bill Berry quits. Group will continue as a trio. Was the sub headline? This, or by the way, is when you would get that information from the paper like, the next day, thirty hours later in the <laughs> <Yeah>. newspaper. <laughs> it's just so crazy. Like, like they should. It's almost like they should have texted you personally. I know like you're their biggest fan. Fucking who's in one of their videos. Um, by the way, mm-hmm. uh, since we last recorded the, uh, the, the the show, the the automatic for the people episode, sharp eyed uh, listeners have pointed you out in the video, and yeah. we want to thank everyone who did the research on that. Um, a comedian, Adam Cousins, or Co- oh god, comedian Adam Cousins. It is Cousins, because I've asked him about this, because I, inter- I I introduced him on stage several times. But I haven't seen him, seen him in a minute. Yeah. But he sent it to me out of the blue, uh, because I used to book him on Death Ray back in the day. Yeah. And I just haven't seen him in a long time. But I guess yeah. he listens to the show and is a big fan and sent and sent it to me originally. So but someone I, found me in there. But I think, a, yeah, it was like a group effort of fans of the show found and started passing the picture around. It's really great. I figured... If it was, if I was in there, someone would find it through through this uh, through the show. But I was convinced I was not in. I looked through that over and over again, right when the video came out. Yeah, uh, and the point in which I appear, I remember going through that. I guess you know, even back then, the definition wasn't high enough on yeah. TVs and videotape. Anyway, exactly. So it just was like a me. blur. Yeah. yeah, but it's it's pretty amazing to see that so right thank you all um so but yeah how crazy that you would get that news so yeah late. and um, so when i saw that they're continuing as a trio it was just like wait what this like, is as a fan of the band it was just i couldn't believe it and they like, did a press con- they, they came out in a press conference yeah. right away with bill barry yeah to make sure that, you know, what would could have been read as an acrimonious split, yeah. they want to make sure everyone knew, like, no, no, he just is not into it anymore, but he gives us, you know, we still love him, yeah. you know. Um, did you see that when it happened? Or? I eventually saw that years later, but it right. wasn't like – or there were clips of it on MTV. On the MTV, and, yeah, yeah, but, seen, yeah. Um, but you look at – there's a photo that they use, like, on the front page of the – yeah, could you do that again? Yeah, photo. <laughs> Front page of the Athens paper or whatever. Extra, extra. And the, they all look Newspaper so- Newspaper has photo. They look so sad in that photo. It's crazy, the photo from that press yeah. conference. I, look, I don't, and I haven't heard the next record. I haven't heard up. Yeah. I don't know how they dealt with it, but I mean, it's like a, it's, I mean, with any relationship, hey, look, has anyone ever broken up with you? Like a- like Never. Okay. So- like, you know, if someone were to come to me and say, hey, I want to break up. Yeah. And I and I were to say, no. <laughs> and force them to be in the relationship. Yeah. That's what the band could have that's done. That's a legitimate way to go, too. <laughs> that is. Because if someone wants to break up, you don't have to You don't have to up. let them. No, you just say no. Yeah. And then and end then, of discussion. <laughs> end of discussion. So, and I know some people who should have done that recently. I'm gesturing at someone in the room. Um, <laughs> but... Uh, but they could have done that to him, and they, and they could have said, "No, yes. we're not breaking up. Yes. You're still in the band." But we they just didn't. signed a uh, giant record giant contract. record contract. But but I, I wonder how it it affected their mental state. Well, when you listen to Up, you'll you'll find out it's they're definitely working through it on mm-hmm. that uh, that album. It's a really complicated. Uh, 
All right. Don't don't tell me anything about it because I want to hear it fresh. But uh, we need to go to a break. Okay. When we come back, we're going to be discussing the fan club singles. We'll go through them uh, relatively quickly, I I would imagine. Uh, We will be right back with more Are You Talking? R.E.M. Remy after this. Hey, Adam, remember that um, your nippies need covering? Yeah. Yeah, everyone's nippies need covering. Well, it's a law now in Trump's America. All nippies need to be covered. (laughs) So that's obviously a problem. There is probably not a solution for it. Oh, wait a minute. No. Wait, hold on. Are you saying there is a solution for it or there is not? I just thought of a solution for it. Okay. We have REM shirts in the store. But are they REM shirts that would cover nippies? Or? Oh, they cover nippies. No, what? it's not like a dicky where it just comes down to chest level. It's not. It's not just a neck cover, and it's not just like a midriff covering thing that doesn't go up to your neck. Not just something you tie around your midriff. No, no, it's a total neck to belly button covering. Oh, one of the neck to belly button. Shirts. Yeah, and then half of the arm that and it covers nippies. Oh, like a short sleeve shirt. Like a short sleeve. I'm I'm sorry. I should have just said short sleeve t shirt. Short sleeved. T-shirt, Got a shirt that's it. in the shape of a T. Exactly. It. So we have some of those in the store right now, uh, REM-themed. Uh, we have two styles. Yeah. Uh, we have the out-of-time style, and we have the, mon- uh, oh, God, I don't even want to say it, the frightening one style. The the scary one. The scary it's one, the, the, scary the frightening one. Yeah. Um, we have those in the store right now. Go head on over to podswag.com slash REM. Is that where we are? Uh, podswag.com slash REM. And you can get those, plus some of our U2 styles, uh, everything. Yeah. And these are terrific shirts. These are terrific. You wear them. I wear them. Um, other people wear them. I go clubbing in them. Yeah, we Club- both we go clubbing together. In Baby them. seals. We probably just yeah, we go clubbing. <laughs> All right, so buy them. That's I mean, what else would I mean. <laughs> All right, bye. I look good in the glass pack. I look good in me. Welcome back. That is, of course, wake up bomb from the previous record, New Adventures in Hi Fi, and. We're going to go through uh, the fan club records. And Adam, you were saying about the fan club that uh, when did you join it? Uh, Sorry about that. Excuse me. (laughs) Uh, Boy, that's a good question, Scott. Probably around the out of time. Out of time era. Out of time era. And and you were in it to win it. You You were in it the whole time. Are you still in it? I was in it, uh, yeah, I don't know if it still exists. Maybe I, not. I, don't I don't know. get things, but right up until the end, yeah, I was getting their, they send out a newsletter. They used to send out a newsletter like every couple months, and then it kind of trailed off, but they, they were still sending what stuff they, toward What if they the still end. were like, still broken up, <laughs> nothing going on. A, a paper newsletter every month <laughs> talking about how they're still not a band. Um, so the the fan club records start in 1988. We're going to be talking about the ones from 1988 until 1998. Uh, the reason we're doing 98 is because it uh, features uh, recordings that were done right before Up came out. 
Um, right, right. Okay. So, so we're uh, we're doing eleven years of fan club uh, rec- recordings. We're not going to do the Christmas ones because I figured we maybe we'll do a holiday episode where we go but through all. Aren't of those. they all Christmas ones? No, they uh, primarily, especially the first few years, they would do a Christmas song and then they would do a like a cover of a band. Oh, you mean like w- the side? Uh, a- oh, I see. literally okay. we're not going to go through the Christmas songs. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Maybe we'll, we'll save do, those. We'll save those for a future episode. So this is nineteen. 1900- 198. This is See No Evil, which is a television cover. You mean 88? 88. Yeah. What did I say? 98? Yeah. Mr. Dietz. (laughs) Keeping me honest. Mr. Dietz goes to uh, Earwolf. Is that really (laughs) No, you put your your fucking glasses on like a grandpa. (laughs) Mm. This is is prime picture-taking time, Kevin. You're just sitting there laughing. Missed it. Uh, All right. This is uh, 1988 uh, Green Era. Yeah. Um, This is See No Evil. So this came with a Christmas song? Yeah, the... I'll look it up in a sec. A little faster than the original? Yeah. It was always cool to get a record in the mail. It kind of turned into like a, an early REM sounding yeah. song. Yeah. They would play this live a lot, I think. Sounds fun. I like it. Yeah, it's awesome. Um, I like it. I uh, it's different enough from the original that um, I think it's cool. Yeah, yeah. That came with uh, the A side was Parade of the Wooden Soldiers. Yeah, they always the Christmas songs they did are oftentimes were really obscure Christmas songs. Yeah, we'll talk about that in the uh, future episodes. Yeah, great. Uh, Nineteen hundred and ninety nine. 89. Jesus Christ. 1989. I guess I'm not used to reading years that are that old. (laughs) Yeah. It was quite a while ago. Um, This is Academy Fight Song, which is a really good Mission of Burma song. Great song. Play this live a lot, too. I like it. I like the. Yeah. Ori- it's maybe very similar to the original, yeah. so I prefer the original. But you know what's cool about these is just hearing them like have fun, totally doing a song that they like. Low stakes. Uh, that was coupled with Good King Wenceslas, uh, and now we move to 1990. So uh, this is between albums. They've been 
off the road for a while, and mm-hmm. we don't know what they're up to. This is the B-side of Ghost Reindeer in the Sky. This is Summertime, the Gershwin song. Um, a little bit uh, more of a jazzy choice. Oh, I think I got this one. Maybe this is when I joined. Summertime. What's your wedding anniversary, by the way? Is that are you comfortable saying that on the air? No. Is it in the summertime? No, it's not. So that's why it didn't get on the wedding. I yes. No. <laughs> I want that track listing, by the way. I need to find it. I I know some of the songs, but is it is it like an iTunes playlist? that you made or something? It was, yeah. Well, but did you delete it after the wedding or something? I think I... Please find it because I passed. I get a lot of requests really? for, to, to, to go through. I mean, through. I labored over this thing. I know. I played wanna... it over and over again. I mean, the amount of CDs I burned with yeah. test runs of it. Oh, I know. It and was before you could just have a playlist. Or no, it was... I had playlists. Well, you know what I used to do for CDs when I would burn them is, like, you had to do it on an actual, like, CD recorder. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's yeah. And I would do test runs of that yeah. kind of stuff. And then just uh, play it in the car around town. You're like, yeah, no, you're this like, no, doesn't the work. equalization of the, yeah. the too loud of the bass. I'll, let me, I'll turn this song down a yeah, little bit. totally. Um, but since I can't, you know, go to your wedding... Um, yeah. Unless you had a time machine, which you don't. Unless I were to invent one in the future and then go back in time true. to right now. All true. Um, I thought I said RuPaul. RuPaul. <laughs> um, since I can't be at your wedding, I would love to listen to this. I've r- got to f- you gotta find, find it. Yeah, I've got to find it. What do you think of Summertime? I like it. It's 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 fine. It's great. Not, yeah, yeah. yeah it's, it's all right. Yeah. Uh, 19- I mean, these are this is a free record you get f- in the mail, so yeah, it's all it's ten dollars. So it's, it's all not winning. Free. Uh, hashtag winning, Charlie Sheen. Winning. Um, this is 1991. This is uh, a vibrators cover. Uh, vibrators. I've been getting into a lot over the past uh, few. I don't know vibrators. Months. They are like a punk UK punk band oh. from the 70s and early 80s. Huh. This is called Baby Baby. I can also play oh, yeah. you the original if you like. But uh... and Mike Mills sings this one. It's weird hearing all of these because I would usually just. Yeah, this is awesome. I would usually just hear these a couple times because it's not like I had a record player. Yeah, at so my you would disposal. like hear it right when it when you got it. I and would then, get it and bring it to my dad's house or something just to hear because I didn't right. have a record player. So here, let's hear a little bit of the original because I think uh, I have it. So why not? Different key. Yep. Seems about the same uh, tempo. (laughs) 
Is that bass going to kick in the same way? Bruge. Bruge. Nope. Nope. Oh, it almost goes to a different key. Am I right about that? It goes to, into a different key for the chorus? I don't know. Like, it goes into a major. Great song. This is really good, yeah. Vibrators are a good band. And what was the A-side to that? Um, the A-side to that was... Uh, actually, that was the A-side, and the B-side is Christmas griping, which I heard a little bit of, uh-huh. but uh, we'll we'll talk more about that in the Christmas episode. Sure. Um, okay, this is 1992, which uh, Out of Time has already come out. And this is uh, Automatic just came automatic out. Automatic just came out, that's right. And this is... This is one of my favorite uh, punk songs of the era. This is Where's Captain Kirk? Oh, yeah. A Spiz Energy cover. Uh, let's hear a little bit of that. Got the Enterprise noises. Yeah. Attention to detail, R.E.M. I love it. Deets. Mr. Deets himself gives it his full approval. I've got some stuff for a tranquilizer. I love this song. The original is, like, great. It's so fun to hear them just, like, thrashing around on... Yeah, it's more overtly punk than, like, anything Uh R.E.M.'s done. It it, it reminds me of, like, their Toys in the Attic, you know, thing. It's, like, fun to hear them uh, do this kind of thing. And especially post, like, a month after Automatic comes out, that is not the type of song you expect from them. Oh, exactly, yeah. really cool. Um, okay, this then, uh, 1993, they do two Christmas songs, so we're not going to play anything. Was from Babes that. in Toyland the A side to Where's Captain? Toy- Toyland is the B side. Toyland. Yeah. That's um, really pretty. Yeah. Uh, 1993, we have Silver Silver Bells and Christmas Time is here, uh, so we are not going to play those. And then we will go to 1994, which is Sex Bomb, which is a cover by the band Flipper. Um, yep. Sex Do you want me to find the original of this? Sure. My, not my favorite. At this it's point. my favorite. It's my favorite song. <laughs> I kind of want to hear the original to hear, like why you have it on there. Yeah, I have it on. Why I, they would cover that? Why song. they would cover it? Um, it's weirdly, it's the only Flipper song I actually have on the iPads or iPod. So mm. it must be their their biggest one or something. So let's hear. This is Flipper, Sex Bomb parentheses generic. Okay, that sounds pretty cool. Yeah. 
quite generic. I don't know. Like, I don't know enough about Flipper to, uh, to know. Sounds kind of like, almost like Nirvana in a way. remember if Steve Albini had something to do with Flipper. I can't oh, really. Maybe. Sounds like it. This sounds cool. I like I like the original way better than the than the Sounds R&D. like uh, Steve Albini was definitely in the room. <laughs> yeah, I like this a lot. Ooh, listen to those horns. That's cool. I like yeah. it. I guess I haven't heard that in a long time, but it's on the iPod. But with 25,000 songs on the iPod, it doesn't come up in the shuffle as often yeah. as You're bragging like. about the amount of songs you have on your iPod? I guess so. Um, the B-side of that one in 1994 is Christmas in Tunisia, which uh, we'll yes. get to it on another time. All right. In 1995, they have two, uh, not originals, but two, two non-Christmas songs. The first one is Only in America, which is written oh, yeah. by Lieber and Stoller. It's a cover originally done by Jay and the Americans. Interesting lyrics to this one, which are sort of relevant to today. Yeah, this is good. Only in America can a guy from anywhere go to sleep a pauper and wake up a millionaire. Only in America can a kid without a cent get a break. Sounds like they may have recorded this why at the same session as Arms of Love. It also sounds like they just watched The Lion King or yeah, something. Yeah, or like, I know. Let's record something that sounds like it could be, you know, Hakuna Matata. Yeah, I uh, like it. It's cool. It's definitely better than the B-side. This is I Will Survive, the Gloria Gaynor oh, yeah. uh, classic. It's pretty slapdash as far as yeah, I remember. Yeah, it's like... <laughs> yeah. First I was afraid, I was petrified Yo. Left thinking I couldn't live without you by my side Have you heard Cake's version of this? Ah, yes, it's so good You did me wrong and I grew strong And I learned how to get along So you're back Out of space I just walked in to find you here with that sad look upon Again, this is a free record you get in the mail. <laughs> <laughs> this is like one of those Christmas gifts you get that, you know, is like for a sweater you would never wear. Yeah, but <laughs> but you're like the spirit in which it's given. <laughs> um this is the next year uh, they did a split single with Pearl Jam. Oh, that's right. Uh, and this is Live for Today, which is a uh, R.E.M. original, I guess. Live for Today. And it's both of them together? Sing- no, it's just literally Pearl Jam's fan club put it out and R.E.M.'s fan club put it out. R.E.M. doing one song, Pearl Jam doing oh, their I own see. song. okay. Thank you. 
a like an interesting instrumental. Oh, so there's no vocals. I don't think so. But let's keep listening. Maybe it'll come in. Maybe at the very end of the song, he goes, Live for today! <laughs> How does it feel? Oh, wait. Can we play How Does It Feel to be in R.E.M., by the way? Do we, Engineer Sam, do we have that uh, uh, needle palate cleanser? This is a song that means a huge amount to me because I wrote it when I came out of a very bad, a very dark period. <laughs> How does it feel when you're in R.E.M.? I love that part. And then this. <laughs> like the, the strumming from the bottom string up yeah. to the top. When you're in R.E.L. Feels good. little mandolin strumming it's so the attention to detail Dietz Mr. Dietz is very pleased fucking stoked (laughs) all right this is the next year 1998 this is the last year we'll cover um this came out after Up, I would imagine, but we're playing it because it was recorded before Up, and these t- uh, this was a videotape. This was not a uh, 45 record. This was a videotape that they sent, and it's two songs from the uh, live from the Tibetan Freedom Concert in 1998, earlier in the year before Up yeah. came out, and the first one is uh, Ebo the Letter, and this is R.E.M. with... Doing Patty Smith's part is Tom York from Radiohead. That's right. So let's hear that. Wait a minute. You too bad. Get out of here. Skip survey. All right, here we go. This is Ebo the letter. And this Hello. this was a video that they actually sent as well. It's a beautiful I remember day. This. this is your day. Make it what it is. Okay. Cool. Please welcome Airsats Patty once again, Mr. Tom York. And Tom York comes out on stage. Did you watch and that documentary? Shakes his little butt. What documentary? Oh, I haven't seen it up to this yet. I keep watching the documentary and stop it before I spoil too much of the next record. Oh, I see. Yeah. And then when I listen to the record, I go back and watch that section of the documentary. So Tom's shaking his butt, his little pooter katooter. He sure is. He's shaking it around. He's like, I know you're looking at my butt. Playing rock music during the day is like a bummer. Although, what do you do during the day? I play rock music. <laughs> and it's a bummer. But like a concert during the day, it just looks yeah, like I without saw, the lighting and stuff, it's just... Uh, I saw Radiohead at the K-Rock Weenie Roast and must have been 97 in the yeah. summer during the day. Yeah. They played with, I think Blur was there and the Chemical Brothers and all these, all these you know, other bands got to play at night and Radiohead yeah. was the second act oh. at like 2 p.m. and they got to play six songs maybe, like... No one knew, at least, you know, they were my favorite band at the time. Yeah. Oh, here's where he sings. 
All right, Tom. Thanks for that. <laughs> but no one, no one, I guess at K Rock knew they're going to be the hugest band in the right. world. Uh, okay, computer. I'd come out that week, maybe or something. Right. And so, th- so they played Paranoid Android and a couple of the new ones. Wow, and that must have been amazing. No see. one's there, and I mean, I had seen them. I think at the Wiltern or something the week before. Or something. Yeah, it was amazing. And here I am, like, yeah, Radiohead, and they're playing in the day, and it's Ugh. just terrible. All right, and this is the last one. This is from the same videotape. This is Lucky, and this is Radiohead with Michael Stipe <laughs> singing the whole song. He's, by the way, he's wearing like a a very flowy shirt. Uh-huh. Michael Stipe is. It's not like as tight as you, uh, the, you know, remember uh, in the 90s how shirts were just boxy and bigger? Yeah. And they just sort it's of. It's all coming back now. Too. And everyone's everyone's wearing cargo shorts. Yep. A lot and of cargo, cargo pants. shorts and loose shirts. Literally in Radiohead, they're all wearing cargo <laughs> pants. <laughs> I bet. How does it feel when you... Is he wearing big flowy pants too? They're a little baggier than than I would like at this for styles that are current. Mm-hmm. Tom York though, he's wearing cargo pants, but he's wearing a tight T-shirt. He's he still looks pretty good. Anyway, this is good. Yeah, this is, he sings this really really well. Yeah. I wish it were a little more professionally recorded, but this yeah. is like off of a videotape. Yeah, but it's cool. I bet there's a good recording of it somewhere. Probably in uh, a vault up your butt <laughs> in the Disney vault, um, along with Song of the South. Well, that was fun. That yeah. was fun going through those. Um, I I was just today going through the the automatic box set and found a couple oh Bisa, or a couple demos that we forgot to play that are really good. You want to play them? Yeah. All right. Here you go. Fuck <laughs> off. Fuck <laughs> off. Um, these are are they substantially different than the final versions? Well, there's the Find the River demo I find particularly I have about pretty. three minutes, by the way, oh, before shit. I gotta oh, wrap this up. Oh my god. Uh really? Do you yeah. really? Okay. I do. Great. 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 I mean, you are the guy who spent approximately thirty-five minutes in the bathroom during no, the break. I did not. <laughs> well, it took me like seven minutes to find the key. <laughs> Okay, here's the Find the River demo, which is just interesting because the melody ended up changing just a bit. Oh, this is And great. this is before there are any lyrics. It's He's just finding the melody. Is he saying, like, happy birthday over it? Yep. Here, let me uh, go forward a little bit. These chords are so good. I know. It's great. And that keyboard melody isn't in there yet either, and that's like the lead. The dee dee dee. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Still not something I would listen to all that much because he's literally just going, like a caveman. But it kind of transcends that here. Ooh. Okay, 
That's very pretty. Um, but then there's the long, this long lost REM song that you would hear about and it was kind of debated if it ever existed or not. And then finally it comes out on this uh, anniversary edition. It's this really cool kind of song that was unfinished but should have been somewhere and should have been on the album. What's it called? It, it's called Devil Rides Backwards. It's really cool. Oh. It is unfinished. Yeah, but the chorus does have lyrics, and it's really great. Hmm. How did my patience swearing thin? Here it comes. I am furious right now. Wait a minute. See? That's cool. Isn't that cool? The Devil Rides Backward on, on a, mule a mule named... Named... Maybe. Is that maybe like Arrested Development? Yes. Oh, and here's a cool little snippet of something that never turned into anything. You could put this uh, over a montage in a movie uh, with two friends driving uh, a convertible through the desert. I'd like to star in that movie with you. Let's do it. What's the plot? Give me the elevator pitch. Uh, Wait, how many floors on the uh, Approximately, it's like the Empire State Building. You know, all of the, um, fuck. (laughs) I I grabbed the aux cord before you could. All of the demos in the automatic box that are worth listening to. They're all I did not listen to them. And we were sent them by uh, that gentleman who worked at the... uh, the record company, and I want to uh, explore them. Yeah. <laughs> um, that's all we have time for. Yeah. Adam, so I, I enjoyed Great to this. do this episode, transitional episode, mm-hmm. transitional period for the band. Exactly. And that's what we wanted to replicate for everyone. When we come back next, we will be talking about the album that came out in 1998 called Up. That's right. Uh, a, a record that I do not believe I've ever heard one song from. Yep. Maybe one of them. Uh, may, maybe Lotus? No. Day Sleeper? No, I don't know. Yeah. Um, so th- this is exciting for me. I've been itching to get to it, yeah. but I, I don't want to listen to it too early because sometimes it takes two weeks or so to schedule these things. But you should have I'm, two weeks for this album. Okay, but I, what I'm saying is, is like sometimes I like get all my info and I, you know, you know how I was able to rattle off all that info so well? You did that It's today. because I literally <laughs> I did it today. Okay. If I like, I'll forget stuff if but I But this album is definitely a grower. You need some time with it okay it's a lot like uh unlike your penis <laughs> exactly uh all right that's gonna be it for us we are gonna see you next time for up and until then we certainly hope that you have found what you're looking for Bye. hey queeros it's me cammy esposito and i'm here to tell you about my podcast query 
You can sit in on hour-long conversations between me, Cameron Esposito, and some of the brightest luminaries in the LGBTQ family. Query explores individual stories of identity, personality, and the shifting cultural matrix around gender, sexuality, and civil rights. Plus, it is fun. We have had some incredible guests. Uh, Emmy winner Lena Waithe? Yes, definitely. Congressman Mark Takano? You bet. L Word creator Eileen Shaken? Yes. President and CEO of Glad Sarah Kate Ellis? We definitely have. We've got celebs, people like Trixie Mattel, Evan Rachel Wood, Tegan and Sarah, the band, and the people separately on two different episodes. We also have activists and change makers in our community. I think it's a one of a kind show full of chats you have never heard before. It's identity, it's community, it's query. You can find query every Monday on Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, and Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.